Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark, research analyst for Money and Markets here with your weekly Bull and the Bear podcast. If you have not already, do make sure you have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find a lot of great new content on there each and every week with Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, Greens on Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, and myself. Again, we post stuff up uh, every week, so make sure you uh, uh, subscribe, hit the subscribe button down there, and then mash that notification bell and get notified every time we release a new video. Now, on with today's podcast, I want to jump right into it today. I'm going to talk about momentum and uh, I'm going to give you some uh, an inside look into something that only subscribers to Adam's premium trading service has access to. And then I'm going to give you a way to capitalize on what I'll show you. Now, Adam has spent uh, a lot of time recently talking to readers about maximum momentum. Earlier this week, he actually wrote about the trend and he said, in a momentum trade, you identify a stock that is trending higher. I call this maximum momentum. And when you jump on board, you follow that trend. And now the principle here is very simple. When traders see a stock moving higher, uh, they tend to buy because they see that momentum taking starting to take shape. That buying sends the price of the stock even higher. So now we're building even more momentum. And when that happens, other investors start coming in and getting on board uh, on the trend as well. And you see the momentum build and build and build. And now to trade on momentum, you have to understand the timing. And there's, it's finding the right time to get into a momentum trade isn't necessarily easy. It's kind of why Adam does the work for you. But you also have to be willing to sell when the momentum trend starts to turn down. Uh, and if it's done systematically and with some discipline, it actually works. Now, we use this methodology in Adam's Green Zone Fortunes trading service. So uh, as we use momentum along with five other uh, equally weighted sectors, uh, factors to score a stock. Uh, we use three uh, that are fundamental and three that are technical. Uh, we like to uh, really see a solid momentum factor score when we make a trade in Green Zone Fortunes. Now, part of my job as a research analyst for, the whole, for, for this, whole, uh, this whole umbrella here is I get to analyze the nuts and bolts of our Green Zone rating system each and every week. And this includes identifying our 10 hot list stocks that we provide every week on moneyandmarkets.com. You can access the rating for thousands of stocks for free at moneyandmarkets.com. We've got a little bar up at the top of our homepage. You just type in any ticker or company name and you will see uh, our proprietary Green Zone rating for that stock. Very cool, very cool tip, uh, very, cool very cool tool rather, and it is absolutely free. Now, that analysis uh, that I do on a very regular basis also includes breaking down 11 major sectors of the S&P 500. And this helps to generate our weekly leaders and laggards board that's offered to our premium service subscribers. Uh, now, the board ranks all 11 sectors and determines which of these sectors are what we call bi-qualified or which sectors are basically outperforming the others and are ones that are more advantageous to get into. Now, I'm not going to show you the board, but I am going to show you which sector has been showing strong performance over the course of this year. Now, I started by analyzing five sectors of the S&P 500, consumer discretionary, consumer staples, communication services, financials, and industrials. Those are really the big ones to, to look at. There are others, but those are the five. I just kind of want to pare it down and, and get a good comparison. Now, since the start of the year, all five of those, uh, of, of those, of those sectors have turned in positive return percentages. Uh, however, one does stand head and shoulders above the others. The financial sector of the S&P 500 has a total return of nearly 39% to date, and that's higher than the other four that I analyzed. Consumer discretionary is only about 24.6%. Consumer 
communication services, only about 23%, industrials about 20%, and then consumer staples at 9.6%. So the performance of the financial sector has been consistent since March, uh, meaning that it has led the other four sectors in returns over the last nine months. So it's, and it's been relatively consistent over the course of that term. Now we see this, we can see this maximum momentum play uh, when we look at the performance of the S&P 500 financial sector index since the start of the year. Now the index bounced around from about 482 to 520 in January, but then dropped back to a low of 481 in February. This is when uh, a lot of stocks were starting to feel the effects of being overvalued. Now, since then, the index has climbed nearly 40% to a value of 669.91 as of this recording today. Now that momentum has come with some very limited downside, uh, indicating the sector is in that maximum momentum stage that Adam has talked about. Now, if you check out our hot list at moneymarkets.com, we put it up every week, you may have spotted a bit of a trend related to stocks that we've had on the list over the last several weeks. Community or regional banks have been a big catalyst for the financial sector. And it leads me to showing you how you can play this maximum momentum trend with this potential for very strong profits. Now to capitalize on the maximum momentum of the financial sector and the catalyst behind that, which I consider to be regional and community banks, I would recommend the Spider Regional Banks ETF. It trades on ARCA under KRE. Now this is an exchange traded fund that holds smaller regionally focused banks as opposed to those larger, more institutional banks. So think of uh, you know, your very small savings and loans or very small community banks uh, that have a couple branches here or there or a couple branches across a couple counties. Those are the type of banks that, uh, that this ETF would hold. And I compared the total return percentage of KRE with the broader S&P 500 index and found KRE has outperformed the broader market handily since the first of the year. In fact, the returns for KRE have beaten the broader market all year long. Uh, today, the total return percentage of KRE is about 42.7%. The S&P 500 return percentage, 24.7. That is a huge, that is a huge gap. In fact, it's one of the widest gaps between these, these two entities that we've seen year to date. Now, as of this recording, KRE has actually jumped two more percent on the day, uh, showing that it has captured that maximum momentum that we've talked about. And even with that momentum, KRE's valuation multiples are still very, very good, especially when compared to the S&P 500. I look at its price to earnings ratio, which is its price compared to its overall earnings. KRE is about 12.3. SPY, which is the spider ETF that tracks the S&P 500, is at 24.1. The price to book ratio for KRE is 1.35. For SPY, 4.27. So it's three times lower than SPY in terms of price to book and nearly half, in fact, it is half of the price to earnings ratio of SPY uh, is KRE. So all this tells me that KRE is a great way to jump into this trend of financial stocks outperforming its sector uh, cousins and both because both come with maximal momentum and KRE is still a much, much better value than the broader market. Now I wanna look at last week's poll question that we put up on YouTube, uh, it kind of revolved around meme stocks. We asked what, if any meme stocks you've invested in uh, throughout the course of the year. Now, a majority of you, about 45%, said you invested in AMC Entertainment. That, that's valid. That, that was probably the biggest meme stock we had. Uh, while 16% said you invested in either GameStop or Clover Health. Now, GameStop was kind of the catalyst, was the start of meme stocks, and Clover Health was kind of under the radar. Um, so it was interesting that those two kind of paired up evenly. 24% of you did say you invested in, in other meme stocks that we didn't list. 
Now, I want to thank everyone who voted and commented on our poll. Uh, we do them each and every week, so make sure you check back and vote. Uh, and uh, it's right under our community tab uh, on our YouTube channels where you can find uh, all these polls. Now, we've got a lot of great content on YouTube. Uh, from Ask Adam Anything to Investing with Charles and our weekly marijuana market update. Uh, if you do have a, a question or a particular stock or sector that you'd like myself, Adam, or Charles to take a look at, email us. The email address is feedback at moneyandmarkets.com. We're going to put that down below here. Or you can also comment down below on our YouTube channel if you're watching this as a video. We love either way, uh, and we respond to any of those questions that we have as often as we possibly can. So uh, I'll also be remiss if I didn't tell you to head over to the mothership, which is moneyandmarkets.com. Sign up for our free daily e-letter. In that e-letter, you'll get uh, the best safe, sound, smart, simple investment information for your portfolio all seven days of the week uh, and is sent to you for free. Until next time, this is Money and Markets Research Analyst and host of the Bull and the Bear podcast, Matt Clark, wishing you all safe trading. You've been listening to the Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 